Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome back to Busting Myths on Divorce and Beyond, Day 5. We've come to the end of the bonus mini-series of Divorce... Divorce Mythbusters to help you find freedom and independence from these misapprehensions about divorce. So today for our last day, I'm going to dive into a topic that can be sensitive for many. Today we're going to bust the pervasive myth that a divorce means somebody done somebody wrong, that somebody is a guilty party in that divorce situation. Because admit it, right? When you hear that someone is getting divorced, someone was getting divorced, doesn't your mind immediately jump to who did what? Who cheated? Who lied? Who did something wrong in this relationship? Our immediate thought is someone in that divorce is the good guy and someone, well, someone's the divorce villain. You know, we often assume as a society, and perhaps this is because of TV dramas, societal expectations, you know, all of the divorces, the celebrity divorces that are in the news constantly. Right now we have Kevin Costner and his wife battling it out in court. We always have some real housewife and her spouse who are going back and forth and having an acrimonious divorce. So we do often assume that if a divorce is happening, someone must have cheated or been abusive or done something wrong. And in reality, that is far from the truth. In fact, you know, and this is, we're gonna get into some of the distinctions here, but we live in a world of no-fault divorce, right? No-fault divorce is by far the most common way and reason that people file for divorce. So if we have no-fault divorce, doesn't that mean no one's at fault no matter what happened? So I'm going to sort of bust both these myths. So what is the myth? What is the truth when it comes to fault in divorce? So let's start by getting our terms straight. The term no fault is usually expressed in legal terms by the phrase irreconcilable differences or with the words the marriage has broken down irretrievably. Those are two that get thrown around quite a bit. You see them in legal pleadings all the time. But what do they mean? Simply put, it means that the couple cannot agree on significant issues in their marriage and they've decided they can't resolve them and that makes their marriage unsustainable. It could be disagreements on major life decisions, that they have incompatible life goals, or just even fundamental differences in their personalities or values. 
It can be as simple as two people who once wished to be together no longer do, and that the relationship has run its course. And while it's sad, it's not anyone's fault. And I can tell you, as a divorce attorney for so long, this is actually a very common situation. And it is sad. Generally, couples are not happy to have reached this point in a relationship that they may have entered, a marriage they may have entered thinking it was forever, but realizing that for whatever reasons, they are no longer the people who got married. We grow, we change, life changes us, situations change us, and that they value the relationship, but they also no longer want to continue it. And we see this so often, I would say it's one of the most common situations, but the difficulty comes, and this is probably where I think we run into the most trouble and where this whole who's at fault in this instant, you know, someone must be the bad guy. The real difficulty is where only one of the people in the relationship feel that they no longer want to be in it and that it has come to an end. And the other person is say, thinking in their mind or saying out loud, I still value this relationship. I still want this relationship. And you said this would be forever. And when that happens, one thing to think about is, is there still truly a viable relationship when one person, even if it's just one of them, is there a viable relationship when one of them wants out? When one of them feels that it's no longer viable? Some might argue no that it takes two people to have a viable relationship. But where there is still one person who is not at that point where they want the relationship to end, that's where they and often the people around them, they want to find fault. They want someone to be at fault for why this is ending. And of course, the target, the bad guy, the bad person is the person who no longer feels the relationship is viable, that it's no longer going to work for them, which, you know, in their mind means it's not going to work for them as a couple. So let's let's break it down to the nitty gritty because there are two broad categories of grounds for divorce. So now I'm going into the decisions around or the reasons why people file for and ask for a divorce. There's fault-based divorce, and there's no fault divorce. I, I talked about them a little bit earlier in the episode. Fault grounds imply, so when someone files a divorce based upon fault, meaning it says right in the pleadings that this marriage has ended because one of the people did something wrong, which is a very rare occurrence these days when you see that type of pleading. But fault grounds imply that one spouse, the person that, is having those papers served on them, their misconduct led to the divorce. So examples of fault grounds are adultery, habitual cruelty, abusive behavior, desertion for a certain length of time, substance abuse or addiction, and even incarceration for certain crimes or durations, depending on the laws of the state in which that person is filing. Those 
people saying because of one of these things or more than one of these things, I am entitled to get a divorce from this person that has broken down this marriage. And again, those cases of filing for divorce on fault grounds are actually very rare these days. Now that doesn't mean people aren't thinking there's fault because we also have no fault grounds for divorce, which is by far the preponderance of the divorce filings. And what no fault grounds means is that those divorces do not require proof of wrongdoing by either spouse in order for the divorce to be granted, right? And I've already said the, the magic words. The most common no-fault ground is irreconcilable differences. That irremediable or irretrievable breakdown, that incompatibility, which is basically another way of saying the marriage is irretrievably broken and there's no hope for reconciliation. Now, the issue comes up here is where someone who feels that whether you're, they're filing based on no fault grounds because they don't want to have to prove there's fault, they still feel that there is fault in the breakdown of the marriage, that there was bad behavior on the part of one of the spouses, and therefore they're due some sort of recompense, right? They're due a payback for the bad behavior of the other party. So you've got two concepts here that are kind of butting heads. The person is filing on no-fault grounds because it's hard to prove fault, by the way, but don't you want to prove fault so you can get more? And that's the next level of fault. And I want to make it clear to people. In fact, we have an entire episode recently with the wonderful Rosemary Ferrante where we unpack what no-fault divorce really means and why it's a good thing, especially for women and children. I'll link to that episode in the show notes. And I, I urge you, if you have not yet, to go listen to that. It is an especially important distinction and episode to listen to because there are some conservative states like Texas and Louisiana that are actually considering repealing no-fault divorce, which means those states would go back to people having to prove fault, a misdeed or misdeeds on the part of one of the spouses, just in order to get a divorce. And if they couldn't prove it, they'd have to stay married. And that is, we go in deeply into it in that episode, but that is extremely pro problematic. These are things that can be hard to prove. They are expensive to prove and they ramp up the animosity in a divorce very quickly when you are talking about people's bad behavior. So it would really be a serious harm to many people, especially the children caught in the middle if no fault divorce were to be repealed. So, as I mentioned, the rub here really lies in the fact that although we call it no fault, many people are using that term not in the sense that they don't think there was fault, but because it's easier to get a divorce that way or there's less that has to be proven in that way. We also have that situation where Someone has decided the relationship no longer works for them and the other person thinks that that means that person must have done something wrong or other people do. So 
we are seeing this situation where people think that if a marriage is ending, there must have been someone who did something wrong. And it doesn't recognize the fact that couples can choose to end their marriage without pointing fingers, without playing the blame game. They can acknowledge the differences, they can recognize their incompatibility, and they can choose to part ways, but still honor the relationship that did serve them for however long it did serve them. So divorce, as tough as it can be, honestly, does not always have to be a battle between good and evil. It's important to remember that not all endings are failures. Sometimes they're the first step toward a fresh start, a step towards individual growth and ultimately happiness. And as you know, the whole purpose behind this podcast, it's the first step to a beautiful beyond. So the myth that divorce means someone did something wrong, please consider that busted. Divorce is complex and it's personal, but it doesn't serve anyone to oversimplify it into right and wrong, good and bad, good and evil. It's important that everyone around those going through divorce and the two people going through the divorce consider that this is a relationship that has run its course and that that is as it should be and that it's time for these two people to honor what has been again and move forward in that better way. So that's the note I want to end our week of mini episodes where I've busted the top five myths of divorce. I hope that you've enjoyed this change to our usual format for the podcast. I wanted to try to do something a little different and give you some idea of why some of these myths around divorce can actually be so harmful. And I just want to reiterate what I said on day one, back on Monday. When you go into your divorce, believing these myths are preordained, things like moms always get custody, divorce always means war, divorce means someone did something wrong, you actually set yourself up for a divorce that fulfills that prophecy, even though it isn't true, even though it is a myth. So I really hope that by listening to these five short mini episodes, you can for yourself and for others start to bust the myths, break down these misconceptions and help people to have a better divorce and that beautiful beyond. you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube 
YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.